0: this is franciscan voice finding god's voice among us if i were to put it into one word the word would be food hi this is brother nicholas romeo and you're listening to the friable friar a series from the franciscan friars Conventual focused on the critical catholic question of vocational discernment throughout this second season we listen to real friars tell the tales of their vocations. So I grew up in a very Catholic family, and as such, myself and my sisters always uh, felt as if we had a sense of choice for vocation in our lives that was impressed upon us, both with our parents and in the schools that we attended, uh, the Catholic schools in Baltimore. And that is that we had the option uh, in a sense of pursuing a vocation of marriage or religious life. So with that, I looked at the sisters who taught me when I was in grade school, the Daughters of Charity. And having the daughters teach me in school and diocesan priests in the parish at St. Michael's, it was a juxtaposition where I was able to see I liked the ministry many of the priests were doing in the parish, that priestly ministry, that sacramental ministry, the youth group and all the rest. But I really was intrigued by the way the sisters lived. Hmm. I liked that sense of community. Then when I went to high school at Archbishop Curley, which is staffed by our friars, they put those two together, where there was a sense of the community and the shared life and religious life and a vocation that is primary there. And then for some of the friars being um, ordained uh, to priestly ministry, to have that sacramental piece as well and and, and that dimension uh, to their vocation, all came together for me as a possibility of, this is something I could probably do. So where does that lead me? After I finished high school, I was certainly thinking about a vocation and I remember my mother saying, please go to college for at least a couple of years first. And I said, you know, I never really said no to my mother. She asked for very little of me. So if she was going to ask this of me, that was fine. So I did that and I actually lost contact with the Friars for those couple of years when I went to Loyola and Baltimore. But the sense of the possibility of a vocation never really went away. And at one point toward the end of those two years, I went on a vocation weekend in Gramby, Massachusetts, where the Friars, uh, we had our college seminary at the time. And I realized it felt like home. It felt as if I was coming home. So I applied and uh, kind of jumped in with both feet at that point. Interesting enough, when I entered the postulancy, both of my sisters, uh, took bets on how long I would last, <laughs> and in the end, um, all of them have come to see in my family that the friars have become an extension of our own family, and they very much see uh, my brothers as as part of our family um, that that we have today. So that's an important dimension, being able to blend those two things of my family of origin and my religious family uh, that I, I live with in the context of now. Uh, something that's very important to me and. Um, I'm blessed to have. When I stop and think about why it is I became a friar and what attracted me uh, in those years of visiting the novitiate at that point in Ellicott City, Maryland, uh, and the friars at Curley, if I were to put it into one word, the word would be food. Why food? I was growing up as a latchkey kid and in that type of an environment you learn to take care of yourself and do what it is that you need to do and things are usually done on the run Um, both of my parents were working uh, in the time of my high school years and so one of the things that kind of fell off the table so to speak for us as a family was a common meal or shared meal And when I would visit the friars, it was always that they would go to chapel and pray, and then from that prayer, go to the dining room. And it was an extension of that prayer. So that table of the food moving from the altar in the chapel to the dining room table and shifting really what's a continuation of the conversation um, from one mode to another is what truly attracted me to the friars. And lacking that sense of... The table that is shared around the dining room uh, is something that was very appealing to me at that point because it was something that was missing in my life. And I said, this is something I want in my life. And in visiting in Ellicott City and Curley and then other friaries uh, throughout the country, as I came to know the friars, what I found was a table in both places, but especially the dining room, where I could be myself and share and relax and laugh and that sense of joy was there and also meaningful conversations longer conversations as we'd linger over a meal because we were talking about vocation or life or whatever that might be uh, in the context of vocation retreats or the youth ministry that i was engaged in uh, at Curley or at my parish even that helped to form me and helped me to grow in the faith uh, in very subtle yet profound ways as it was slowly shaping me, I think, uh, for this vocation that I have now as a Franciscan. What does all that mean? Um, let's see, put another way. Oh, maybe that was good enough. That's kind of what I got. It was uh, the table that formed me. Right. Now, while I say that I came because of the food or because of the table, I will also say it's not the only reason that I stayed. Mm -hmm. And the reason I stay is because along the way at the tables of the altar and the dining room, I fell in love with the Lord who was the center of all of that. And when I was able to discover that and what that meant for me in relationship with a God who loves me and with whom I fell in love in the context of my brothers, then that's what gives me life to this day and sustains me, and is the reason uh, that I stay. I remember when I was in high school, one of our friars, Robert Tweel, he was a religion teacher and principal at the time, and one of my classmates just asked him an out of the blue question in class. He said, Father Robert, why is it, or when? He said, Father Robert, when did you decide to become a friar? And in his in fashion, as we would say, Robert Tweel. He, he took a long pause and raised his head to the skies and considered his answer and took in a breath and then looked directly at the student and said, this morning when I got up out of bed. And then he went on to describe the fact of how important it is each and every day to make that decision to be a friar. How it's important each and every day to engage your vocation and, and, and to live it in the moment that we find ourselves in. Um, so I think that, that that's something that has always stuck with me and that each and every day I decide uh, this is who I am and this is how I'm going to live. So I decided to be a friar this morning. What advice would you give to a guy in order to make a a good discernment? Hmm. For anybody wrestling with issues of discernment, especially around a religious vocation, they have to make sure that um, three languages are being spoken in a way that they're all being understood one by the other. The first language is that of the mind. You have to be able to know what it is that you're engaging. So to be able to, to engage religious life and understand truly what it is from a conceptual perspective is, is first and foremost very important. Then to be able to speak that language of the heart and to engage it at that uh, very personal dynamic of the relationship with Jesus that's foundational. And what is that relationship and how is that opening up? and inviting um, someone to discern to religious life and, and to walk that, that gospel road with the Lord. So that language of the heart. Then we need to take those two languages of the head and of the heart, of the mind and of the heart, and have it speak to the language of the hands, where you have to actually experience it. And, and to place oneself in the context of the friars, not just observing, but walking alongside the friars, uh, working with the friars, engaging the poor and the disadvantaged, which is very much the DNA of what it means to be a Franciscan. And speaking those three languages of the mind, of the heart and of the hands in unity, one with another, is a good way to actually discern whether or not religious life is something that someone is being called to. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our website to discover other episodes at franciscanvoice.org.